there's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. So much rage, so much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take your dog away from you. He keeps Caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light. It lies to her. It says things only a child can understand. It has been using her to restrain the others. To her, it simply is another child. To us, it is the beast. Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to the seventh episode of A Strange Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. And I'm your other host, Austin. And we're going to be talking about spooky things in a strange place. And today we're going to another place. Yep. The uh, University Inn. In Gooding, Idaho. Yep. Yep. And it used to be a tuberculosis hospital. It's got a pretty long history as a university. Yeah. So, So this building was built in 1917. We got pictures on the website if you want to go check it out. It was built in 1917 as a as a college, and it was the Episcopal Methodist Wesleyan College. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's a dog barking. So the college was built in 1917, and it had, you know, 17, 18 years of, of success, but I guess tuition and enrollment rates were low, and it was a hard time of existence in the 1930s, right after the Great Depression and through the Great Depression, and it went out of business. It got, mm-hmm. went defunct. Funky. And so it sat empty for a few years, and then it was given to the state of Idaho in 1941. And it was given to them, and it became, because there was an outbreak of tuberculosis around that time, yeah. it became a TB hospital, or tuberculosis hospital, or sanitarium, they were called, Which, in Gooding, Idaho. They were jokes. The tuberculosis hospitals at the time were just, I mean, they were like, they didn't know what they were doing. They, well, now we know they didn't know what they were doing. Exactly. But at that time, they were the cutting edge of medical treatment for this disease. My point is, mm-hmm. your stay at the tuberculosis hospital was not a comfortable one. And well, it was not... There was probably a lot of death. Well, well, yeah, there was. And so they would quarantine people and they would send them to tuberculosis hospitals. Mm-hmm. But the hospitals generally were really nice structures. And they had a lot of like flowers and... And everything was decorated nice. It was top notch because there was a lot of compassion for people that had tuberculosis because it affected so many people. Right. And it spared nobody. And so people were getting this and they would go to these tuberculosis hospitals and they would try to do things like cold air, fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, Drill a hole in your lung. Well, that was one of the treatments too, where they would stick a device in to the lung to dr- help people breathe easier. But sometimes it would actually have the opposite effect. It would collapse the lung. Mm. So yeah, a lot of people died from this disease. It was horrible. So it was a tuberculosis hospital from like 1946 all the way to like, gosh, I think they finally shut it down doing that in like almost the, like 70s. Early seventies, I mean, after they discovered streptomycin, the uh, antibiotic that would basically cure tuberculosis, 
then the that whole plague just kind of ceased. But there was still research, and so it still right. managed to stay open for quite a few years after mm. that. So people could be alive now that actually have been to the university in when it was a tuberculosis hospital. That's possible. You know, it's really weird. The people in Gooding say that there aren't any accurate records for how many patients actually lived there, died there, and what happened to them after they, you know, they left, if they survived. Uh, Tuberculosis wasn't just in Idaho. It was all over the United States. It was all over the world. So there are tuberculosis hospitals everywhere. Yeah. And so there are a lot of survivors who were in these hospitals that are still alive today. Kicking. I was able to be content. I don't know why, but you were in your bed for about about 22, 23 hours a day, and uh, everybody else was in the same boat. So I was content. I knew it was a confinement, but I didn't mind it. It The staff on every case that I can remember were very kind, very patient, very understanding, and uh, very careful to take care of you and as far as the other people were concerned i don't know of any conflicts that i ever had with any of the other patients i i think that uh bobby another boy and myself were probably the guinea pigs to try out streptomycin and so far as i'm able to understand the first ones in pennsylvania maybe even the whole country but uh i knew that i was gaining strength and, and health And um, uh, just since then, I've been so thankful that uh, I was able to have that drug to start with. They are thankful. For the most part, the people that took care of the the patients were really kind. Mm. The tuberculosis hospitals themselves were, you know, just clean and nice and cheerful. Hmm. You know, it wasn't like some deep, dark dungeon. At least this one wasn't. Yeah. Because you hear stories yeah. of the olden days where, mm-hmm. you know, they got left outside for three months and their window yeah. was open all the time. And then yeah. they I got think- pneumonia on top of their uh, hypothermia on top of their tuberculosis. And yeah. now they're a frozen lunger. Mm-hmm. Well, whether the treatment was good or bad, the simple truth is a lot of people died because yeah. of tuberculosis. Long story And a lot sure. of people died in this place. And... A few episodes ago, I think the very first episode when we launched this topic, we talked about that Austin was expecting a child or him and his wife was expecting (laughs) a child. And so he wasn't able to go with me on the investigation portion of this. Yeah. I also didn't want tuberculosis. Yeah. (laughs) Although streptomycin would have maybe cured it. Maybe. Although now it's kind of scary. There are TB strains that are antibiotic resistant. But that's another story. We don't want to talk about that right now. This is Mike, and I am on my way to a haunted place, supposedly haunted place, in Gooding, Idaho. It's October 21st. Well, actually, it's October 22nd because it's 12.15 a.m. I am coming from... A most eventful evening at Milner's Gate where 
my brother-in-law Brian showed me around a really cool renovation on a really old building and now I'm making my way over to an old tuberculosis hospital that was converted into a bed and breakfast and then converted into a University Inn hotel. Um, I stopped there earlier today, well yesterday, and uh, got a reservation. The lady said that they usually don't have reservations on Mondays and that I was welcome to stay but I would be the only person in the hotel, well at least the only person renting a room in the hotel. Um, so kind of excited about that. I'm going to go there and there's a lot of history of uh, hauntings and apparitions and things like that. A lot of coverage on like ghost hunters coming trying to find out what's going on there. Supposedly has a long history of people that have died. Um, I haven't been able to find any statistics or anything. Um, so I don't know if that even exists, but it doesn't really matter because I'm just going there to check it out. So hopefully it'll be fun. Hopefully I'll experience something exciting. And if not, well, then at least I'll experience the sights and sounds of a historical building in Gooding, Idaho. Well, with that, Mike out. I'm your Huckleberry. Speaking of tuberculosis. And little Huckleberries. Yep. Um, Tombstone. Tombstone. Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. He was a lunger. Yeah. And he says, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your And he like coughs into his little... Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Was that Val Kilmer? That was Val Kilmer. My favorite scene in that movie is the... They're all kind of playing poker. Doc Holliday's playing poker in this bar. Mm -hmm. And this young guy comes in and they have a little interaction. And the guy like whips out his pistol. He's like... (laughs) Stuffs it in his holster and Doc Holliday looks at him. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. And he's got like a little coffee cup or little tin (laughs) teacup. He starts spinning it around. He starts flipping the teacup around his finger. It's just like mocking him. It's awesome. Him. Yeah. And then later he kills him. Yeah, he kills the guy. <laughs> he's coughing up blood and dying, but mm-hmm. he's like the fastest hand in the West. Yeah. TB it's wasn't going to slow awesome. him down. No. Yeah. Tuberculosis. But we went on a rabbit trail. Yeah. And his wife was addicted to laudanum. Yeah. Or his girlfriend or somebody. Those are different stories, buddy. We got to go back. Let's reel it. This is the Tombstone <laughs> Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> But, you know, it's a famous example of somebody who had tuberculosis. Yeah. I don't know. The, the building itself in Gooding is still standing, but there were actually three buildings or maybe even more when it was a college. And then they built the hospital, which was beside the old building. And now those buildings are gone. And what remains is one single building, which is quite large. And do you know what building that was at the time? I think that was administration, but also it was like the surgical unit. I think that's, if you were going to die, your last step would be, you know, the extreme measures were taking place in that building. In that building. Yeah. Creepy. Crazy. Awesome. So uh, just to continue on with the history of that building. So after it was a sanatorium and tuberculosis hospital, it once again was boarded up and empty for many years. And then they wanted to use it for something. So the city got it back and they used it as a courthouse. They used it as a jail for a while. There was an addiction recovery kind of hospital that was in there. And then in 2000, I think it was 2013 or so it, no, it was probably 2011. It became a bed and breakfast inn, and they started doing some renovations and stuff to make it nicer. 
And all through this, there had been reported occurrences of apparitions and hauntings of people. So there were a lot of weird stories. And then it was kind of boarded up and listen to one guy and he's talking about how that's where you used to take your date, you know, out there where it was scary. You'd go into this mm. old boarded up building and you'd like make out and <laughs> then maybe the you'd drink and you'd, you'd try to scare yourself. And then they clutch you and you'd be like, Ooh, let me protect you. Mm. Yeah. It was like a thing. <laughs> It was something for young people to, to talk about, the ghosts at the old EB hospital. So the guys would bring their young girlfriends out here and, at midnight and take them through and scare them. That was fun. <laughs> hey, babe. I'm going to take you down to the old TB hospital, see if I can get a little action. <laughs> get a little action. <laughs> you want to make out under a boarded up room? Yeah, let's go down and vape down there. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be perfect. We can get pneumonia in a TV hospital. Yep. <laughs> Hear dogs barking in the background. Shut up, Penny! Anyway. Whoa. So, anyway, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. We used to go to scary places when I was growing up. And, in fact, the Orpheum Theater, where you proposed to your wife in Twin Falls, right. I used to work there. And it was kind of creepy upstairs, above in the balcony section that was closed off. Right. And they're broken windows. Like broken. Yeah. And I've pigeons were, would get in there and you'd be walking through and they'd <laughs> fly I tried to make a pigeon you. noise. Like a, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know I actually took your mother yeah, on a tour yeah. of the Orpheum Theater before we started dating? I did. Anyway, that's Weirdo. another story. The building was all boarded up. And it stayed that way for, I think, till 2011. And then it became a bed and breakfast. And that didn't go very well. It didn't last very long, but they gave it a shot and they started some renovations. And then in 2014, it was purchased and it became the University Inn. And that's what it is today. And that's what it is today. And so there's a family, I think they have like 10 kids or something that live in there on the one side of the... So if you go in, there's like this central step staircase that goes up these big mm -hmm. stone steps. So if you go to the left, that's like the housing area where the family that owns it lives oh cool and then the the right side to the right is the hospital and there's the basement then there's the main floor and there's a third floor and then on top there's an attic hmm. and the attic is creepy did you go up there yes they they let you up there and it's just like wood and chicken wire to keep pigeons out and dirt oh, and dust and yeah cool. but paranormal investigators that go there say that that upstairs and then the basement area are the hot zones it always for, is right yeah. it's always uh, mm -hmm. the spooky attic or the creepy basement just the same as milner's gate yeah the upstairs and the attic and the downstairs yeah <laughs> so i walked around i stayed there a night by myself and when i was there um there were no other tenants so except I for one Except for the, the cat. Yeah. That scared me. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it was the cat. Oh. So my experience was I stayed there that night. I came from Milner's Gate where I was investigating apparitions there late on a Wednesday night, I believe. The seed Monday is night. planted in his head. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get haunted. Ooh. I'm going to see something creepy. Yeah. Let's go to Milner's Gate. Felt some weird things there, especially in the attic in Milner's Gate. Got up there on the top floor and... I was really, I just got chills. It was really cold. Mm. And then, so that was the only thing that really happened to me at Milner's Gate. Other than eating some really good food, drinking a beer, and <laughs> having some good conversations. There you go. And then drove, it was about midnight, a little after when I arrived in Gooding. Went into my room, which I had already purchased and I had the key for. And nobody around. 
lights were on in the hallways and everything. It was lit well. Um, I was expecting to see something, you know, Hatman, because everybody was seeing Hatman right. down at Milner's Gate. But as far as I know, nobody has really seen any shadow people or Hatman kind of apparitions in right. the uh, University Inn. I think we should just call it the sanitarium. Yeah. So I get there, sleep. In the middle of the night, I wake up, I hear a noise. It's like scratching at the door. Right. And I laid there and I'm like, am I really hearing scratching at the door? What could it be? That's like a poltergeist. Yeah. Like that's how every poltergeist story starts. They were laying in their bed Mm -hmm. and they kept hearing the scratching and they thought it was mice. So they called the exterminator. And every night it was like the walls were scratching. Yeah. Not inside the walls, but the actual walls themselves were scratching. Well, and that's what I had going through my head. Right. You know, those kind of weird, creepy things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got a little spooked for a second. I'm like, so I'm on high alert. Coming out of dead sleep to high alert. Got goosebumps and... My heart's... And I can hear it in my ears. (laughs) And then it quits. And I listen for a while. And the next thing, you know, I wake up and it's morning. And I'm wondering about the scratching in the middle of the night. So I get up and I start doing my tour. I go upstairs. I go downstairs in the basement. (laughs) <laughs> and look around. Was there anybody with you on this tour? They just say like, yeah, feel free nope. to walk around and check just, stuff out. I'm just walking around, nice. opening doors. Strolling. Yep. He's got his nine millimeter by 40. I don't think they work against apparitions. So don't cross the streams. Bro. Oh, the plasma ectoplasmic ray. I don't know what those were from uh, Ghostbusters. Pack. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Didn't have that. Anyway, yeah, just me. You were walking around by yourself. And walking around, trying to figure out, you know, the lay of the land and and looking for creepy, weird things. And so downstairs, supposedly, that's where the surgical area was. And, and what I saw when I was down there was, you know, just a bunch of construction materials. Mm. and like Kind that. of maintenance area or right. something. And the area that was the surgery center was actually where they were storing paint. And so I kind of looked around in there. Only red paint. No, I was like tan <laughs> and blue. <laughs> but Dope. it was, yeah. Topey. But you could tell they were actively doing a bunch of changes on, on renovations. The renovations, nice. yeah. And it was starting to look nice. But when I went up on the second floor, that's where I ran into a cat. Uh, it was obviously a house cat. He was friendly. He came up and rubbed himself on my leg. And I'm allergic to cats. So I didn't pet him, but I let him rub. I kind of rubbed my foot on it, you know? Like, oh, good kitty, kitty. <laughs> Go away now. Leave me alone. But, you know, cats are kind of, you know, nefarious creatures. Nefarious critters. They can be. They're kind of, as a, you know, just in lore and legend, they're always showing up at they're hauntings and stuff. Yeah. And, the, you know, even the like Egyptians. The Egyptians, didn't like them. yeah. Or they did like them. I don't know. They could be, you know, purveyors of evil. Do you think Egyptians were allergic to cats? Some. And every time they saw the cat, they'd get sick. And then oh. and then he's like, damn, that must be a god. Or, and then I next do. thing you know, he's like worshiping cats. Yeah. He's like, oh, I must not be worshiping good enough because I keep getting sick around this cat. I can honestly say I've never thought about that before, but it sounds logical. It doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It kind of like adds a little realism to the psycho. Yeah. You might have just solved a long mystery yeah. that's been in perpetuity. <laughs> perpetuity. I just wanted to say you that word. Perpetuity. <laughs> anyway. I said anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, after I saw the cat, I was like, oh, mystery solved, maybe, of what I had experienced in the middle of the night. 
But I went back home and I talked, told you about my trip and told other people, they, you know, who thought it was a little weird that I just decided to up and yeah. leave and run down and <laughs> investigate ghosts by myself. And, uh, but it was, it was fun. Yeah. And I would uh, do it. If yeah. I had the time, I'd have been with you. And I had the time because I was unemployed at the time. <laughs> I think if help. I would have gone with you, though, nothing would have been done because we'd have been giggling the whole well, time. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and I, I giggled a little bit by myself thinking yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Just, That's creepy. Yeah. You just know. sitting in your room. <laughs> giggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rocking yourself to sleep. Yeah. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. <laughs> No, I, I actually wasn't scared. I was very peaceful the whole time. Nothing weird that, you know, was like, you know, what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of like, like a ghost or whatever, but like evil things scare me. And the concept of evil, somebody who, who, who would do something evil, like murder somebody or stab right. somebody to death or some of those kind of things scare me. Like when we got into, in the cattle mutilation topic. Right. The Some of the things that were going rituals on. Rituals and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you hear about like humans that maybe had been mutilated. That, yeah, that that's scares me. much, isn't it? Because it's about diabolical, nefarious people. Another shout out to True Crime Garage. Yeah. Giving me all the kinds of nightmares. Making yeah. me get up in the middle of the night because I heard something. Yeah, you don't really want to know how bad people can be. Oh, yeah, you don't. People can be so awful. Terrible. Yeah. Let's not talk about that stuff. Yeah, I agree. The The more personal evil things in life are definitely more scary. I don't know. Ghosts don't really do anything. They scratch people and freak them out. But they make the temperature go lower. Yeah. 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 Hypothermia. I'm getting cold. But, but you think about how your neighbor might have a 13-year-old in his basement or something. Oh. And that's what gets you where you're like, I cannot handle that. Or mm-hmm. some guy kicking through your door. There's those, the axe murders of New Orleans. Right. And it's just some guy busting into houses, chopping people up. It's like, golly. It's, it's almost like whatever ghosts or apparitions are, it's like they don't have power over yeah. reality. They have some, some boundaries they can't cross, it seems like. Yeah. Like maybe they could scratch you or pull your hair or push you down the stairs passively. Mm-hmm. But you never hear like, yeah, I was uh, sleeping in my bed and a ghost grabbed me and threw me out the window and then jumped on me and chained me to the fence and then went inside and molested my kitten. Well, you do hear stuff like, go <laughs> molested your kitten. Well, you do hear stories down that line of like people being molested by ghosts, like something in the sheets gets oh, yeah. in there and weird stuff from, like that from 18 to 24 year old boys well and girls young ladies too that have been haunted have, have been molested apparently by ghosts, by ghosts <laughs> or apparitions or whatever but you know it kind of makes you wonder about so you're talking about there's a separation or there's some way that they can't interact in full you know flesh. physical yeah. yeah so it makes me think about multi-dimensionality of things. And we talked about this in cattle mutilations. We talked about this in other things too, where what if these are entities stuck in a different dimension that is parallel. And so it's there, it's right with us all the time, right. but yet it's, well, we can't see it. It's like they're in the upside down. Yeah. Kind of like that. This multi-dimensionality construct of the world where you have these layers or planes of reality that are just as real as ours, maybe more so that are tangential or right next to our right. multi, our dimension. And those planes, we can't see them, and we can only experience them occasionally through weird things where they kind of 
crash into our right. dimension. It's like a bunch of sheets of paper on top of each other, and they've all got different drawings on them. But every once in a while, you can kind of see the transparency through one paper into the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's like there's I don't know. a veil. I just came up with that, and I thought it was really yeah, cool. that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, they they also talk about them like veils. You know, veil. there's a veil that you can kind of go through or penetrate. It's right. but whatever. You know, I mean, this is all weird speculation. But sometimes I wonder about that construct that maybe that's what's going on. There's this parallel dimension. Maybe they are departed souls. Maybe they're demonic or maybe they're, you know, we would call them whatever other kinds of beings. I don't know. That can very minimally enter and interact with this world. And sometimes I wonder if that's what's going on. Anyway. But anyway, I just thought of something that I've been thinking about a time or two lately. And that's how much we say, but anyway. But anyway. And it drives us both nuts. Which is a, a nervous verbal tick. Yeah, it's like... It's shifting gears. We're naturally trying to shift to another topic or get, or get back, get back on it. track. Yeah. And then we just yep. say, but anyway. But anyway. So... Or so anyway. So anyway, yep. And then we say nefarious. That's kind of our favorite word, I think. Yeah, but that one's an okay word. I like it nefarious. It is okay. Because when we say it, it's purposeful. It is. It, it We uh, have nefarious intentions behind our nefarious use. I wouldn't say our intentions are nefarious, but we want to be able to describe nefarious intentions. But anyway, <laughs> I think that every time you hear us say, but anyway, you should take a little swig of your beer. Oh, if, like a drinking game. Yeah, like a drinking game. But oh, only okay. if. I got some rules. You're with somebody you trust. You don't plan on driving home after drinking. Of legal age? You're of legal age. You're not trying to, you know, uh, correct a negative influence in your life. Like maybe you're trying to wean yourself off of alcohol or if you've oh. maybe so, so had an experience where you've gone through a situation where you've quit using alcohol. So basically you're saying if you have a problem with alcohol, then this don't do this with alcohol. Yeah, I don't want... Like, well, they said it was okay on the podcast, so... But yeah. maybe if you're underage and or not a drinker, yes. you could use some espresso and Mountain Dew. Oh, get, maybe oh, drink an Arnold up. Palmer and uh, Pepsi or something. Well, that would be just as fun. And it, you'd be really hyper. You could eat hot tamales. Ooh, that... What would... <laughs> no, every time and we say it, you get a pop of hot tamale. You'll be diabetic by yeah. the time of this Your podcast. dentist will love you, though. Yeah, you will. <laughs> His cavities. Yeah, but, you know... I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Make it a little more entertaining. Just make sure you're in a place, you know, you're not with somebody you don't trust. Or you're going to have to drive. On your first date, if you're the guy's like, hey, you want to hear a podcast and play a drinking game till you get hammered? Yeah. Don't do that. Because I'm a strange thing. I don't really recommend getting drunk, period. But if you're going to do it, make sure you're with somebody you can trust and that it's going to look out for your safety and you're not driving home. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Just drink responsibly and don't get drunk. Right. If you start feeling the, uh, you know, the effects of the alcohol or the beer. Maybe maybe switch over to water. Do like yeah, a one-in-one one rule. One-in-one. One. Because yeah. that's good for your health, too. It is. And it'll help you that night so yeah. you don't have a headache. Yep. Or you might have to go to the bathroom a lot. A secondary rule. Maybe keep some Pedialyte in your fridge. <laughs> oh, man. That's bad. <laughs> Just for the next day. All right. What were we talking about before we dove down this rabbit hole? But anyway. But anyway. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, as he sips his beer. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Go no. ahead, say it. I want a drink. But anyway. Okay. There you go. And we will try our hardest, our damnest. Darnest. Darndestnest. 
not to use it to make you guys drink no. more. We're going to use it um, honestly. We're so. trying to limit that because, we, you know, we listen to our podcast after we're done and we're like, why do I say that all the time? It's so irritating. It is so irritating. It is. But anyway, but, but anyway. What do you say instead? You say, so. Transitioning. Anyway. Back yeah. to it. Yeah. On another note, I don't know. I digress. That's the worst. Yeah. If you hear me say I digress, just turn the podcast off and go to bed. <laughs> I like that. I hate it. It's like you sound like a guy that plays the fiddle. No, you sound intelligent. <laughs> okay, a fiddle player. A fiddle. <laughs> I played the fiddle in a folk band before I started my classical music um, sponsorship with the Philharmonic, and then he's like, but. Uh, I digress. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe we don't do Maybe that. Maybe not the fiddle, the violin, the viola. <laughs> I don't even know where we're at. I know. We digressed. <laughs> Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, yeah. there goes rabbity. Choked. <laughs> Back to the University Inn and the apparitions that people are experiencing there. This is what is coming down the pipe. This is what people are, are reporting to have experienced at the University Inn. Right. I did not. Uh, disclaimer, I did not experience this. was a kitty. Uh, I saw a kitty. But maybe <laughs> the scratching could have been something else. People are experiencing a lot of strange voices when the place is empty or voices occurring in places where they shouldn't in the middle of the night. So they'll be woken up or they'll walk into a room and they'll hear voices very low that are low saying, or quiet you know i think they're quiet maybe not even quite under you know intelligible like like your neighbor your apartment complex is playing their tv it's just like something like that or like there are conversations or somebody calling out or saying something where there shouldn't be any voices or any kinds of but not low like hey no not okay. like not but like, like low but like faint right faint faint whisperish yeah. Like in the distance, like they're coming through the walls, this mm. kind of, or coming out of where they shouldn't be coming out right, of. Right, right, right. So that's one thing. So they're hearing voices. They're also seeing apparitions. Now, this is weird because when we talk about apparitions, I mean, that's a broad category. Right. At Milner's Gate, people were seeing Hatman. Now, Hatman, you know, he'd be categorized as an a apparition, shadow person, right? Yeah. So there are categories of apparitions, and we're going to talk about in our next episode, we're going to break down different kinds of apparitions and hauntings, and we're going to talk about um, the tech behind ghost hunting. But we're just trying to get this stuff out to show some of these different experiences kind of weird things we saw, that yeah. people have. Right. So you have one of the innkeepers at the University Inn seeing, she goes into a room, she's doing her thing, and she turns around and there's an angry guy, like an angry old guy. Just yelling at her and screaming at her. Whoa. And, you know, she doesn't really describe it as like he was like semi-transparent or he was ghostly. He looked real? Yeah. He was like oh, he man. was like a manifestation of a human angry, yelling, screaming. Whoa. And then gone. He was very angry and that scared me. And I felt backed into the corner and couldn't move. Could you imagine how surreal that would be? Yeah, what would like, you do You'd be that? terrified. You, you're going in to change the trash bags and stuff, and next thing you know, there's some there's yeah. a guy yelling at you, and then you're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'll, I'll just leave. And then 
he disappears. He's gone. And you're like, whoa. So what do you do? You run out and get a CT scan. You go to say, yeah. your psychologist and you say, what is going on with me? And I saw him seeing yeah, people. That'd be insane. Yeah. That would creep me out. So that is one of them. And then there are also, in that same category, these manifestations of a young girl, like, you know, five-year-old girl, and then a like a middle-aged woman that multiple people have seen. Are they together? You know, I they talk about them independently, but I don't know if they were like holding hands and together or if they would just show up independently right. of each other. I don't know. Uh, the people that talked about it, they didn't get descriptive. Too deep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to play some of the audio clips from some of the... There's been a lot of investigation at the University Inn, even back when, like 2010, when it was... I don't even remember. It was a bed and breakfast place. Right. So there's been, even before that, there were recordings and manifestations of other things happening. So, I mean, it's well investigated. There's a lot of information on the internet if you want to look at it, but we've got some links on there on our website. So feel free to dig into that and uh, get a little bit of the history and some of the actual manifestations that took place. But those are different. Those manifestations that occurred at the University Inn are way different than the manifestation of Shadow Man at Milner's Gate. Yeah, the ones at the University Inn seem more realistic. Mm-hmm. They're more, you know, tangible. Like, you you actually think that's a little girl walking down the hallway. Right. You're like, well, no, it's midnight, mm-hmm. and it's dark, and nobody else is here. We're closed. And when I whatever. looked away and then looked back, she's, she's gone. gone. Whereas the, the hat man is more menacing just by nature. Right. He's more nefarious. Yeah, he's nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> I better have a drink when you said nefarious. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. My bad. Yeah. I did that on purpose. Hey, let's do the drinking game ourselves. <laughs> we got to be, be able to make it through yeah, the entire we, podcast. So, at the end, just yeah. slap, and we poured it in the cup, and we freed it. <laughs> yeah. So every time we need it, I want to take a drink, I'm just going to say nefarious, yeah. and that'll be the cue that I get a drink. Hey, there we go. <laughs> That'll be our... Uh, we don't care about you listeners. We're yeah. just talking about ourselves here. Like, man, my mouth's dry. But nefarious. I have a very nefarious mouth. Wow. I feel bad for anybody listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the... Oh, I did it. Okay, you got to take a drink. That's I'm leaving awesome. that one in. I'm not going to cut that one out. Oh, no. Yeah. So there are these entities that are showing up or manifestations or apparitions. I don't even know what to call them. I did not see any of those. But people are seeing them and they're experiencing other things like they'll be there. And a lot, one of the videos on YouTube from this place is the ghost or spirit or whatever it is will turn a flashlight on and off. And there's a video of it where they're sitting, sitting there talking and I'll say, okay, if you're here, turn on the flashlight and the flashlight's on the floor. Nobody touching Mm -hmm. it. And then it comes on. So I've got something about that. Do you think it's like a remote? I don't know if you want me to tell you what i think or totally yeah yeah totally. right now or if we want to say that for the tech episode no let's say it now and then we can say it again so it's probably like an older flashlight i don't know it's like a little flashlight apparently um i don't know if you guys know this but flashlights create a lot of heat oh and i don't know if you know anything about screws and metal but if you heat up metal it expands and when you turn on a flashlight and you barely screw in the light bulb uh, it expands to the point hmm. where the threads are actually tighter and they, you know, expand, they're tight and then they cool off and then they shrink and then they touch the contact and they expand until they relieve themselves of the contact. 
and they cool they off until they turn touch the again. contact again. So it's kind of a loaded thing where you know the kind of flashlight. And you've done you've it You've got before, a little experience. Possibly. So you can say things that are pretty generic, like, if you're with us, give us a sign. And then pop, the light turns on a couple seconds later. It's because you've kind of timed out this particular flashlight. Oh, so it's total trickery, possibly. It, it could be. Maybe it's not. But no, no, but, that's really good because <clears throat> we so when they see out. something like this, they 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 just believe it, and I want to believe what's real. Right. Whatever that is, I don't care. I want to believe it, but I don't want to believe. I don't want to be duped by somebody who yeah. figured out that a flashlight will turn on and off by itself if I loosen the threads up enough. Just enough, yeah. and you got it hot just enough, mm-hmm. and you do a little... You know why? Because that's a lie. Yeah, lies are bad. I don't like lies. They're nefarious. Yes, I'm going to have right. a drink. Okay. Cheers. I need more if Cheers this is there. the case. I know. One more. This is actually just a way for my dad and I to take our drinks <laughs> without <laughs> having to like, lean away from a microphone. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, well, sometimes you hear us and we're talking like we're farther and farther away and then back <laughs> and that's because we took a drink. <laughs> well, I got to say, this is a problem in honesty and integrity. If people lie and use trickery to drive listeners and viewers, it's, it's a lie. Right. It's only a lie. And that's why I don't like these really extreme, like... Ghost Hunters International. Well, and see, I Not don't, to call I, anybody out. I can't say they are whatever, but if they are, I think it's bad. It's got to be real or it's a lie. Yeah. And if somebody's intentionally lying to drive, you know, ratings or viewers Product or get more people whatever, to watch yeah. it or to scare people, I think it's just a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It, it impacts kids and people that are experiencing real things. And what it does is it hurts the real, okay, let's just say science behind it. Right. Because it's all tainted by lies and, and, and deceit. And you're kind of diluting somebody's real life experience experiences with your agenda. Right. It's, it's kind of like, I don't want to get political. Uh-huh. You're like, what kind of leap is this? But the gun debate. Yeah. Pro anti-gun. The fact is. Moms and dads lost their kids. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the guns. So when you're diluting it with your agenda. You cheapen it. You cheapen the fact that these people are experiencing something real. And you use and, the, and, the people that are harmed and, and emotionally. And in the and then the yeah. situation of paranormal activity, quote unquote, if you're throwing out fake stuff, but there's a guy that's actually experiencing something, or maybe he's schizophrenic, mm-hmm. or maybe he or she's going through a psychotic break, or whatever. They're having actual demonic, weird, I don't know. But you're kind of like cheapening these other people's experiences by you going up there with your really tight t-shirt, throwing your microphone, and then saying, a ghost just slapped it out of my head, Man. or... Where did you, you hear that? And they run away. It's yeah. just like, do you remember when we were watching that? We were watching. I don't know if it was Ghost Hunters. It was something. I'm on sure one it of the was channels. when I lived here. And yeah, and we were watching, yeah. it and they had the guy had the keys in his hand, and he like is holding it, and you can see it like, and you can see him flipping it with his finger over, and he says, yeah. "Oh, something just, just slapped the keys out of my hand." It was like, oh, man, I was so disappointed. Why'd your wrist go the other direction before it slapped it? But I was so thankful that I had a DVR that we could go through <laughs> yeah. one frame at a time and look at it for. <laughs> real and then you see that that it was a load of crap yeah but it does bother me it's fun to get into the weird it is and kind of like the speculation embellish your imagination or whatever but 
to but if broadcast you're, if it. you're lying and you're fraudulently producing a reaction to make something appear something that it's not, that's totally different. That's yep. just deceit. Can I pitch another podcast? Yeah. Uh, there's a podcast called uh, The Lost Tapes or Rabbits. It's a, it's a fictional podcast about uh, fictional events that happen to a fictional character. It doesn't have anything to do with real life, but one of the characters always talks about how you're seeing what you want to see. Hmm. So if you were listening to this and you want to check out a podcast that has that in it, either check out Rabbits, Tannis, or The Lost Tapes. But he talks about how this girl, she is afraid of seeing these gray guys on the street because they're these guys that are out to get her. Like gray aliens? No, just guys in all gray. Oh. And she's like, I just saw him. And he's like, it's just blah, 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 blah. You're you're allowing yourself to see these things because you want to. Mm -hmm. And even though you don't want to, as far as your mental state goes... You still want to, as far as like that's what you're leading your brain to see, because mm, yeah, even maybe sometimes maybe the worst, the last thing you want to see is actually the thing you want to see because it gives you the peace of knowing that you actually saw it. So sometimes you want to trick yourself into believing something that you really shouldn't. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. You know, on an individual basis, people are free to trick themselves into believing whatever they want. Right. But when you're being led down a path by deception, to me, that's dangerous. And it's manipulation, and we have a long history in the world of people using that kind of that kind of strategy to oh, yeah. to ruin the lives of other people. Yeah. And you know, if we start doing that, if we start over sensationalizing things so that we can, you know, drive up ratings or get more listeners or whatever, you know, call us out. Right. <laughs> we don't want to be those guys. Right. I don't want to be that guy. Um, I think it's fun to go out and experience stuff and we're pretty lighthearted, but I do not want to damage anybody. I want things that we say to, if anything, expose deception or say, hey, there's something here. And if you're experiencing this, it's okay. Right. Keep looking, keep thinking, using your head, that kind of stuff. That's what I want to do. So what happened? What else happens at uh, the University Inn? Well, the University Inn was fun. And because it is well known that it's haunted, it has been experienced by a lot of people. And a lot of people have put that stuff up on the web. Right. You so, showed me a couple of videos when I got here. Yeah. So we don't have to, we don't have to go through all of it. But what I want to point out for this podcast is that the apparitions there are different than the apparitions that are 30 miles away in Twin Falls, Idaho. At Milner's Gate. The thing about that that I think is kind of cool is they're mm-hmm. collectively different. Yeah. Everybody at Milner's Gate, I mean, probably not everybody, but everybody who seems to be coming forward with something is seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's uh, kind of a misled, you know, I People saw are, a hat man and then that person, it's getting sensationalized. Oh, yeah, I saw him too. Yeah. Maybe that's what's happening, but... You can't say that's 100%, 100% of the time. No, because and, because like with Hatman, people were seeing Hatman independently of the other person without knowing that they saw Hatman. Yeah, during construction right. and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's totally different than what's going on at... In Gooding. In Gooding at the University Inn, where it's more uh, realistic-looking memory type, where like this guy was dressed in the clothing of the era... And, and they were real human. Doctor. It wasn't like shadows of people. Yeah. It was like they looked real. Yep. 
maybe they were, I don't know, maybe they were semi-transparent or something. I don't know. But they had the appearance of a real person. I just think some degree. it gives some credibility or maybe kind of less credibility to the fact that this group of people in this area is seeing one thing and this group is seeing another thing and they aren't. They aren't working together. So, and, and that's why I think why I chose or wanted to steer this podcast towards that realization that we're experiencing two different types of apparitions right. or hauntings or whatever, or whatever they are. And there are more than two. I mean, we talked about two and then we talked about a couple of the things that are the same at both places are things moving independently of the other or a flashlight turning on and kind off. Of like poltergeisty thing. Right. So... That classification of experiences is something we're going to get into in our next episode. We're going to talk about what are the common experiences of apparitions. And there are more than two. Paranormal experiences. Right. They're usually experienced the same at a spooky location. Right. So when we say spooky things in a strange location, those strange locations actually have a designated commonality of experiences and so it's what, not just a sensationalized thing right. it's like a pretty broad group of mm-hmm. what do you call it subjects or whatever yeah. that are experiencing similar or the same exact things in different places and it is weird and that's what we're going to do we're going to break out next episode we're going to break out the types of apparitions and we're going to talk about those locations because they seem to be tethered to locations now, in might, the building or in or geographical? I think in the building okay. or in the in the site of the actual haunting or apparition, those apparitions are unique in that they're the same at that location. So for example, like the downstairs east wing, we often see a shadow a man. monkey with a oh. baboon chasing him. Sure. As a you know, yeah. Just whatever. But yeah. it's continually in the same area. <laughs> right. It's you're, like the monkey and the baboon are locked into that. I see where you're downstairs. going. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have in a different location, a different strange place, you are having a different kind of spooky apparition. Right. So, like a gorilla and a chimpanzee that are wrestling. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go there, you know, I don't know if those have actually happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. And, and then we're going to bring out more because I think there are like five or six different types of categorized experiences <clears throat> that people have. And I just find it fascinating that they seem to be kind of centralized in a location for mm-hmm. each unique kind of experience. But sometimes they, they cross bleed. You know, you might have like like objects moving. Well, like Hat at Man. one place. And Hatman might be at that Hat place. Hatman is global. I mean, if you type in hat, you'll end up with hat man in autofill. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't mean necessarily that hat man doesn't appear at multiple places, but hat man usually appears at a hat man place and apparitions for a manifestation of a human yeah, form I gotcha. appears at a human form place and they don't seem to cross over a whole lot. Right. It's like, you're not seeing hat man at the place where the human forms are being yeah. Manifesting. It's not like you're seeing chimpanzees being chased by hat. Yeah. Is what you're saying. And I don't know if it, and you know, we talked about the psychology behind this. I don't know if that means because people are psychologically prepared to see hat man here. That so then they Sensationalized. Their brain's already on that track. Yeah. Hypnotically suggested so that that's what they're going to mm-hmm. see. Or are they actually seeing that phenomena at that right. location? 
But we're going to go over those locations. And the fascinating thing about Gooding and the University Inn and the tuberculosis hospital is that there were a lot of deaths in the University Hospital. That's one thing I was thinking about kind of as we talked Mm -hmm. about this is like, well, I don't know, maybe we should save that content for... The last episode or the episode about why we see certain things. You could hint areas. at it. But maybe, maybe yeah. it has to do with like a, a hat man type shadow person is a a wandering soul or a, an apparition that's that doesn't have a place. So maybe he's lingering at a bar. And you kind of think of a bar as like a mm-hmm. place of transition, a place of lost, a place not mm-hmm. that everybody that goes to a bar is you know, lost or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can imagine that you go to a bar because maybe you don't have what you need at home. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going. And Mm -hmm. and the tuberculosis hospital are these real and these raw and these Mm -hmm. almost too real. There could have been hundreds of people that died in that building. Yeah. And how more real can you get Mm -hmm. than people dying in front of you and people that have an illness that isn't understood. Right. And they're being... And they're not being tortured on purpose, but their their yeah. situation is so bad that they end up dying in a very uncomfortable and yeah. in terrible way. And maybe that's lingering in a more realistic and raw mm-hmm. and powerful, like a screaming man in your room. Maybe he's saying, you know, the lady comes in to clean and instead of yelling evil demonic things, maybe he's saying, I need 50 cc's of whatever yeah. Yeah. stat. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what he's what she's seeing. And it's kind of like a repeating, a a repeating yeah. because of the traumatic events. Uh, okay. We don't want to go too far yeah, down sorry. this trail because, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to be exposing things that we're talking about later. But what you've got your finger on is something that's very cool or interesting. I think it's cool. You might just think it's interesting. Some people might think it's weird. Or dumb. Or dumb. <laughs> but so you've got that stuff going on. And it's not like this just started happening over the last five or ten years. This has been going on for a long time. So people have developed a category or various categories for these manifestations or apparitions. Right. And there are a few of them. One of those is that in a location where something happened that was very dramatic and, and was very bad, the negative energy there like spirals and it repeats. And it lingers. Yeah. It's like caught in a loop. It's like, it's like a recording or a scratch on a record player that it keeps replaying the same thing because of that, that energy burst or so traumatic. Right. So that's one of the categories. Um, but there are others too. So we're going to go over all of those categories and we're going to talk about different kinds of tech that ghost hunters use. And, you know, I think we're going to be, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be pretty brutal on it because I I think I will too, because I bought some of the tech, so-called tech. (laughs) You bought a flashlight at Walmart. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Well, no. You know, some of the stuff that people use, like EVP recorders yeah. and different things and, and like temperature and motion detectors and all this stuff and ghost boxes, you know, it's really, a it's it sounds like science because, because it's technical. Right. But it, it's a piece of hardware and you're holding it and lights are flashing and you're seeing weird things. It uses three-letter acronyms. Yeah. And so, you know, you're because of that, you see it, it's it's hard science, technical hardware, and you're thinking, oh, this must be real. Oh, yeah. Electronic voice phenomena. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I'm not saying it can't be something that is used as a tool. But the way that you see it used on like different ghost hunting things or right. apparition hunting things is like 
this is pure science and everything we see is like, oh my gosh, look at this word came up on my EDP and I'm all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh yeah, his name's whatever or or he's killed 16 people. And yeah. all of that is just, in my mind, I'm, and I'm trying not to lead people down the wrong path here, but it is dangerous. It is frustrating when you hear on a ghost hunter show or whatever and they say it was either a car driving by or a ghost saying hello mm-hmm. my name is jeff yep <laughs> and how many times can you listen to something and make it sound like different words right yeah did he say mama or did he say mummy or did he say mom's the word or was it something falling down the stairs it was like mama. yeah you know <laughs> oh i heard listen to this and then once they tell you what you're supposed to hear Sure, you can pull it out. But anyway, see, we're going down yep. this, this pipeline that we're going to talk about next time. Um, the Gooding experience was very good. <laughs> After I stayed the night, I actually went to a little, it was a Chinese restaurant. I don't know what it is about breakfasts for me at Chinese restaurants. He loves, ever since I was young, like real young, we've been eating breakfast at Chinese restaurants. Yep. And it's weird. It's odd, but... It kind of works. Actually. But there's one in, in Gooding. That, that good old watered down Tabasco. You I, know? I, I Googled. I Googled on uh, where I could find a good breakfast in Gooding, Idaho. Because I woke up, I saw the cat, and I packed up my car. I was getting ready to leave, and I was hungry. And I thought, hey, you know, I'm get a good breakfast. Bacon and eggs. And yum, Do you yum, think yum. it was the cat that maybe triggered you to want Chinese food? No. You're like, oh, I've tasted that before. I think Maybe I want Chinese Chinese food. people eat cat. That was kind of racist. <laughs> well, you said it. <laughs> no, I don't think that. No, what I thought was, I just want a good breakfast. And then I saw the choices, and there were like three. And one of them was a Chinese restaurant. I thought, oh, I got to go there. And it was fantastic. Was it? Yeah, I'm going to put a link to that on the website as well. What's it called? I can't remember. Never mind. I don't want to you put, put me on, on the spot. spot. <laughs> yeah. um, but you could Google it and find out. There you go. But uh, yeah, we'll put a, a link to that nice restaurant. The waitress was spectacular. Uh, she brought me three types of Tabasco. What? Green? Green, red, brown. Green, brown, Chipotle, habanero, or Chipotle, jalapeno, and traditional. I think that's what it was. It was awesome. For real. So I'm a hot sauce kind of I had a trifecta. Of of goodness of Tabasco. Mom stares at me when she walks. <laughs> she walked by. Yes. So in my office, we close the doors, but there's glass windows, and we can see things outside going yeah. on. We need like a sign or a something that says, says recording, like recording or on air. Yeah. Cool. Or moms bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> moms and kiddos. Well, this is Mike again. It's uh, early in the morning on October 22nd. I had a very strange night last night in the uh, University Inn Hotel in Gooding, Idaho. Um, I thought I'd experienced a haunting, but it turned out to be a cat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, heard some scratching at like, I don't know, 2.30, 3 in the morning, scratching at my door. Kind of weirded me out, got my blood pumping for a minute, and then it quit. And so, fell back asleep, and this morning went on a little hunt, looking around the building, and went up into the attic, and went down to the basement, and saw a few things, but didn't experience anything. And then I went to the second floor, 
um, which is not quite finished. And lo and behold, come running, charging at me with all kinds of feline fury was a little cat. <laughs> so my guess is that the poor little guy was probably looking for someplace warm. He probably wanted to come in and take a little siesta with me. But anyway, it was a great night. Got up refreshed. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy because while in Gooding, I stumbled upon a pretty cool place called New China House. No, China. New, yeah, New China House Restaurant. And they have breakfast. And I love Chinese restaurants with breakfast. Um, always have. So I was ecstatic to find this place. I went and they had awesome food. The service was excellent. And uh, who would have thought? So now I'm on the road again, heading back to Boise. Pretty content guy right now. I mean, I, I suppose a guy could feel like he uh, just wasted the whole day. But seeing how that I am currently officially unemployed, it's a way to spend my day. Turned out all right. All right. Mike out. Yep. So, anyway. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh. But I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. We had a great time talking about this stuff today. Next time, we're going to talk about the specifics of different kinds of apparitions and get into the tech. And I think we can close off this topic next time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... Join us next time for some cold drinks and uh, some strange conversation. Taters. Taters. <laughs> Bye.